This is the Car Religion Podcast. This is a show where we share our passion and perspective for cars. New and old. Fast and slow. Affordable and expensive alike. I'm your show host, George. And I'm your other show host, Andrew. Let's Let's get get started. started. Welcome to the Auto Show episode. Why is it called the Auto Show episode, George? What what does that mean? Well, I think okay, so we've been to uh, the, one of the two biggest auto shows in North America the last uh, last month or so, right? Yeah. Um, we were we were in Detroit uh, about a month ago. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we were just in Toronto for for last week. Yeah, so we were at the North American International Auto right. Show and then the Canadian International Auto Show. So, uh, you know, two big deals. I guess the, the two closest auto shows geographically to us. So uh, Yeah, and, you know, like, I think we've been to auto shows, like, specifically the Toronto one for the last five, six years in a row now. Like, yeah, easily. Um, remember the first time that we were supposed to go to the auto show and we freaking missed it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, the, there was an ice storm and the, yeah. the bus couldn't take us. That was that was a huge disappointment. That was a few years ago, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Man. It's like grade 10. Like, you know, like I, I remember... I was like, Andrew, we got to, let's just take the Greyhound and go, man. I know, I know. And, and we had gotten such cheap tickets through yeah, uh, was like five through bucks. the school. It was it was great, but it's kind of interesting because uh, both the auto shows, the Detroit auto show and the Toronto auto show, they're, they're actually quite different from each other, which is why, you know, we, we like going to both of them, even though they're back to back. Uh, they give you quite a different experience, right, George? Yeah, and from like from an OEM perspective, because um, um, someone who you don't don't know, I am uh, working at Nissan Canada um, for for the next couple months as well. Um, so I was actually helping out with the auto show, but uh, bringing back to Andrew's point, um, a lot of manufacturers actually have pulled out from the Detroit auto show. Um, like brands like BMW wasn't there, Mercedes, a lot of luxury brands weren't there. Porsche, Porsche, Mazda. But, it, but it's more like you know the big boys, the big threes have the entire show floor. They have every single like model of yeah. their cars there, and you know it's quite extravagant for the domestic cars, right? They had the Shelby GT500 hanging from the ceiling. Mm. I don't know what they were doing with that, mm-hmm. but uh, mm-hmm. it it was hanging from the ceiling, so. Yeah, but I think the biggest thing, though, the difference are, like, there's a lot more reveals in Detroit, right? So a lot of American, you know, they like to do it at their home, right? In in Detroit, like, like, like the GT500, that's where they re- first revealed it, like, right? So I think that that's the difference. I think it's more American focus, but I think they are changing the schedule for the Detroit Auto Show. They are. So one of the big reasons that Detroit has dropped in popularity over the past couple of years... Um, is simply that the LA Auto Show, which is a few weeks earlier, I believe, has gotten a lot bigger and more popular. Uh, And so, you know, by the time the Detroit Auto Show comes around, everyone's tired and not as many people go out and see them. And, you know, companies have already unveiled all of their big stuff Mm -hmm. in LA. So it's like, well, what are we going to do with the Detroit one? Uh, So they're actually moving it uh, now to June. 
Um, starting next year, right? Yeah. So starting 2020, uh, mm-hmm. it'll be in June. So we'll, they're trying to kind of reinvigorate it and, and see how it goes. Um, maybe we'll still head out around that time. Yeah. Like, I, like we've been to Detroit for the last three years too, right? Yeah. And it'll be, uh, you know, warmer. We won't be walking through the cold, uh, downtown Detroit anymore, yeah. which will be nice. trying to find parking. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, when we were there, it was still, uh, it was bustling. We were there on a busy day. I think it was like mm. one of the last days and it was really busy. So hopefully, you know, that reinvigorates it because as far as I'm concerned, uh, the more auto shows, the better, you know, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you can't, it never gets old. <laughs> exactly. Especially, you know, for us having a big one that close, I mean, the next yeah. closest one would probably be the Montreal Auto Show, but that's you know another two hours of travel. Right, and and it's way colder up there. You were yeah. just in Montreal, weren't you, Andrew? I was, yeah, yeah. yeah, and it it was it was very cold, and there yeah. was ice everywhere. And Montreal would be a, a really cool auto show to go to, but yeah, you know, another two hours on top of traveling to Detroit, it's just uh, it's not quite worth it um, if we have Detroit to go to. Yeah. So I think it's easier like if we break it by auto show, right? So yeah, let's do Detroit first because that Detroit one first? happened first. Yeah, man. Okay, I think honestly, for us, for us too, I think the biggest like blockbuster um, unveil or the highlight, the one of them is the the new Supra, right? People, oh. I here's the thing, there has been so many like teasers and stuff on Instagram, Facebook, on social media. That they're like, oh, look, this is a new Supra. Is this a new Supra? Is this a new Supra? So I think, I'm sure it's a marketing strategy on Toyota's perspective, uh, in a way. It could be. I don't I don't know. But <laughs> um, but what what's your first impression on the new Supra? I think it's great. I, 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 my first impression is I want to drive it. You know, I, <laughs> I see it. It looks really good. Yeah. You know, it sounds like it would be really good to drive. Yeah. It looks nice on the inside. Yeah. I, I just want to drive it. You know, I, I want to see what Toyota's up to. And I really think that, you know, they need to hit the nail on the head with this one. Yeah. But they really could have done it. I mean, I hope so. They spent so long mm-hmm. developing the car and they've developed it with BMW. You know, I really hope yeah. that it is actually good. And you know, I think it's really interesting that they did develop that car with BMW, right? And I think that the point is that it's actually two very different car compared to the twin, the BMW Z4, right? It's so the cool thing is like let's bring it back a few years back in 2013. That's when they unveiled the Toyota 86 Super BRZ Scion FRS, uh, the trio, and yeah, it's still co-developed by Subaru and Toyota, but. When you split the brands, the cars are practically identical. That's right. Um, I think the only major differences were like the suspension tuning. Yeah, like it, it was just tuning. You know, it yeah. was like which one do yeah. you like better? Yeah. yeah. They came in different color mm. options, and then yeah, you know, they tuned the suspension right. slightly differently. And, and you know what? Like bringing back to the FRS, it's that, that that was a great car coming out, and it's like from the old boring Toyota Camry and that's boom, right? Like they didn't have anything like that since, you know, early two. well, the last super night. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I think it's a great success. And, uh, I, I forgot a gentleman's name who developed the, who designed the car, who was, um, uh, but he, he's in, he's in, uh, in charge with the, the new super as well. Right. 
I'm pretty sure that's how, how it I'm is. not I'm not sure about that I don't yeah. actually know but okay. uh, I definitely know that uh, my man Akio Toyota um, mm. he, he wants to bring I was actually it's funny I was talking to my mom last night she read something about uh, you know the the people up at Toyota saying we don't want to build boring cars anymore and uh, I was like yeah that's my guy Akio Toyota he wants to build sports cars and that's why they yeah. have a new Supra that just came out and you know that's that's what I saw at the auto show two yeah. days ago right and so um, I really like the the direction they're going I mean now you've got an 86 which apparently you know they've been saying they're gonna come up with the next generation uh, you know nothing's confirmed but Toyota keeps saying, nope, we're developing another one, so that's good. But if you've got that, and then you also have your uh, your Supra, I mean, what are you missing? You, you're missing an MR2, but, you know, a mid-engine sports car that's really cheap in this day and age, you know, you, how many of those are you going to sell, right? But uh, they could have a really good sort of sporty lineup going. Yeah, and, okay, like, yeah, they're approaching a performance-oriented, driver-oriented, normal boring car approach. I think they still got a little bit more. Like, design-wise, don't get me wrong, it's beautiful. The new Camry is aggressive, pretty. Like, it's good, man. Like, it doesn't look like the boring Camry anymore, right? Like, when you look at, like, an XSE V6, um, white on black, the, the mm. two-tone with the yeah. red interior, <laughs> that's awesome, man. Like It is. Actually, I, so I read today, you know, they have their, um, their performance brand in Japan. It's like GRMN or something. Yes. It's like their racing brand. Yes. Uh, they're considering doing a Corolla version, so okay. like a, a racing brand Corolla. Right. And bringing it to North America, apparently. Like, is that the like the hatchback? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, apparently they might do it. It's it's in consideration okay. right now. But yeah, okay. imagine if we had a hot hatch from Toyota. Right, that'd be awesome. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah, new yeah. Corolla is supposed to be pretty good to drive, and they've yeah. got a six-speed manual with yeah. rev matching in it. And yeah. I mean, you know, if you turbocharge that thing, and I, I think I, they could I, do a pretty I, good I, job. And you know what? Like when you look at it, Ford has. Stepped out the scene. Like, they just came out with the, the new ST, right? Yeah. Focus, but it's not available in North America. That's right. There's now, you know, what a great time for Toyota and, to step in. And really, when you think about it, how many re- like real hot hatches are there now in the market? Not that many, right? That's true. The Focus ST, when when all of the STs and then, you know, yeah. later on the RS came out, mm-hmm. like it was, it was a big deal because yeah. these were cars that normally were reserved for europe and and that's where a lot of you know ford's good cars come yeah. from is ford of europe and they were finally bringing them to north america and it was like oh this is going to be great you know mm-hmm. we finally have a ford uh, focus rs and and the fiesta st was amazing and then you know we we've now lost it and luckily it honda did the same thing and we have a type r over here in north america yeah. as well right but you know all of a sudden ford is is all gone. None of those yeah. STs anymore. So I, I honestly even think for like hot hatches, there's like two levels now, right? There's like there's like the Golf R, the Type F. You know what I mean? Like oh, of course. And then and then there's the GTI, and then there's yep. you know the well back in the day the speed th- the speed threes, the GTI, yeah. uh, the um, what's it called the ST, right? Yeah. Um. So I think it's it's a good time to bring the, the hot hatch from Toyota. It'll be it'll be exciting to see. I think Toyota could really do a good job if they, uh, you know, they slap a turbo on their um, on their Corolla, and then 
Make sure to give it a six-speed manual, of course. Mm -hmm. And uh, bring it to North America, you know, around a GTI, but make it a little bit cheaper, you know? Kind of GTI performance, but make it a little bit Mm -hmm. cheaper, right? Because you're not going to compete with the cachet or the the refinement level of a GTI. But if you can give kind of the same performance for cheaper, I think people would really dig that, especially in the new Corolla hatch, which actually, it's, it looks it, Oh, really it's good nice. looking, yeah, for it's sure. Good, it's a good looking car, for so sure. I, I think you could, you know, you just soup it up a little, make it yeah. make it look a little bit racy, and yeah. you could do really well. So talking about that six-speed manual, is it? do you think it's going into the Supra, though? So from what I've heard, Toyota, what they've said is, look, it's not gonna debut with a manual, but if there's enough demand and people buy the car enough, we'll, like it's in consideration and, and we can do it. So it's not off the table, but y'all but, need to go out and buy this car. So but but how are people going to buy this car when there's no menu available? You know what there, I mean? There are people who will buy that car, you know, regardless. I mean, there's the, what did the guy pay for it? The first one off the line, right? For charity. 1.5 million. Yeah. yeah, you know there are people who will buy this car simply because it's a Supra, and there are people out there with money who will buy the Supra now because they want a Supra now, and then when the manual one comes out, they'll just go and buy a manual Supra and get rid of the uh, the automatic one, right? There there are people out there who do that. So as long um, as yeah. there's enough interest in the car to begin with, yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Um, I really hope, I really hope it happens because that car would be, you know, front engine, rear wheel drive, real, honest to goodness performance. Yeah. Oh, with a manual would just be I, I need to see a, not even drive it. I just need to see a real review on how the car drives. We still don't really have one yet, right? Like there are reporters and reviewers that have experienced a car, but it's just not very, it's all prototype. Yeah. It's not like a production model. So I'm excited to see what what that's going to be like yeah and you know what that's that's the thing for me it's like you you gotta wait until people drive it you gotta drive it yourself in order to form an opinion i mean you know yeah we can judge the looks all we want right now but is it a good car we don't know yet and there are so many oh it irks me all the time because there are so many haters out there who are complaining so much about the supra and like I, oh. there are haters everywhere, right? But here's like here's what I gotta say to all you haters out there. You know things like people going, oh well, it's a BMW engine. Like that's not a real Supra. Well, you know what? It's a straight six engine, and as far as I'm concerned, that's what's supposed to be in a Supra. Now, yeah. and- if Toyota went and made their own engine. It's not likely that it would be a straight six. Right. It would probably be a V6. And guess what? All of y'all haters would be coming out and being like, why is it a V6? It's not a real. It's not a real Supra engine. It's a V6, not an inline six. And it just, you know, you'll never be happy. These people are just, oh, it's, it's just too bad that people really hate on this car before they've ever driven it or hey seen it in there person. are people that's very they're excited about the car they love it right yes. it's uh, you you find that fine balance everywhere yeah but you just you can't please these people no. it's crazy you know it's like and it's not like it's some crappy v you know inline six that they grabbed from some random people it's it is a bmw turbo it's the best inline six. it's the best inline six in the business one of the best right like right. you know people love those inline sixes and in all the bmws what's wrong with having it power the supra and watch this 
when oh. it developed the car, right? When it co-developed, I read the story. I know it's. I, I know this is a this is a fact. BMW selected a lot of parts in terms of um, like engine components and stuff like that. Toyota did their stress test in terms of reliability, and a lot of parts got sent back and. You know, like they really refined that. I know the suspension is BMW M uh, suspension, so that in that way it saves cost and whatnot. And I think they're manufacturing the car in a third party, like manufacture where they make the G wagon. It's the same factory where okay, they make yeah. the G wagon. So I think strategically in terms of manufacturing, that's pretty cool. Um, like Toyota reliability. BMW performance. I think sounds, that's awesome. Like sounds right? good to me, man. So, and that's why I'm, you know, I want to see how this car drives. So. Well, and the other thing is like, you know, sure, they made compromises, right? It It's not available right away with a manual and they had to use some BMW things. But come on, this car wouldn't exist if they hadn't co-developed it with BMW. Like, right. it just simply wouldn't. You know, Toyota wouldn't have been able to do it and they wouldn't have dedicated the resources to it. Like, yeah. just be happy that you've got a new Supra yeah. coming out. Like, yeah. you know, you can't be so nitpicky. After 20 years, like... Yeah, yeah. seriously, right? Like, yeah. it's just, stop hating on the thing. You know, yeah. maybe if you go and drive it and it sucks... Okay. You know what? Yeah, go and hate on it because it really should drive it's well. It's too soon but, right now. But you can't hate on it because it has a BMW inline six. Like that's just not something that you can hate on. Mm-hmm. Anyways, yeah, like the haters, they're just getting to me because there's so <laughs> many complaints. Yeah. And I just I couldn't deal with it. It yeah. was like, guys, you understand that this is how it has to be. And you know what? Maybe if a ton of people go out and they buy the Supra and it's really popular. Hey, down the road, Toyota going to be like, wow, all right, this is great. You know, let's make another twin turbo Supra like we used to. And let's make our own engines and stuff like that. But for now, in order for it to be a sound business proposition, they had to develop it with BMW and and help each other out. And that's that's the way things go. Yeah. Um, I think in terms of like value, too, it's a better value than the Z4, right? Like. Yeah, I mean, it, depending you know, on what you want, right? Yeah. Different target market. That's that's what it is. And like I said, it's going to be two very different cars. Yeah. So. Yeah, they um, they you know they developed a lot of the actual hard pieces yeah. of the car together, but yeah. tuning and and all of that stuff and the fine fine details well, were all done. Well, even the computers are going to be different, right? Exactly. Like gonna, it's going to be Toyota and BMW computers, and you know that's yeah. transmission is different too. Yes. Right? So that's huge. Um, in terms of like how the car is going to behave and drive. So we'll we'll see what happens. Well, I mean, to me, you know, this is sort of the slots kind of right underneath a a Porsche Cayman, Mm -hmm. right? And you you think about it, like this car is going to have 365 horsepower. Some of the haters were complaining about that power figure, but it's like, seriously, man, like, you know, this this car is going to be as fast to 60 miles an hour as a Camaro SS V8. And that car is not slow at all, and, and it has 100 horsepower over the Supra. And the biggest thing with the old Supra was tuning, aftermarket tuning, right? So this is stock we're talking, guys. Stock 365. Yeah. I know, you, y'all, when you get this car, you're going to modify it. You're going to go so, crazy with those turbos. You're just going to crank up the PSI yeah, yeah. and see what and happens. And you know what? I'm, I'm sure they have the aftermarket consideration when they like they had that in mind before when they developed the car just like the gt86 right yeah yeah so 
If they're smart, you know what? If uh, modders go out there and they start tinkering with these cars and they all start blowing up, I'll be kind of disappointed because right. Toyota should have known better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, with these turbo engines nowadays, it's it's easy because you just, you know, you, you strengthen everything yeah. and yeah. Then crank up the PSI and see what happens, yeah. right? So... We'll, uh, we'll see. I, I really can't wait to see, uh, you know, driving reviews and, and hear what the car sounds like in person and things like that. I, I mm-hmm. really can't wait. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, I've seen it now in, uh, what color was it? There was a red one and yeah. was it white? Were there yeah, like a, there was white a white one, one and a red one? Red in inter- white, white with red interior inside. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the Toronto Auto Show, they had that matte gray, gray like yeah. launch edition color. Yeah. Oh. I I like the white and the red though. Like Matt's nice is cool and all, but like this, you know, it does look good in white. It really looks good in white. uh, I must say. Um, But that's I think that's enough about the Supra. We've uh, we've gone on about that car, but yeah, great car. Looking forward to it. Yeah, the haters can shut up until they drive it. Yeah, that's what I'm trying. That's fair. That's totally fair. Um, Yeah. No. So what else uh, do we see in Detroit? Uh, we're gonna do one more from Detroit. the The Ranger is gonna be big, no? Yeah, the Ranger will be big, but the thing that uh, you know, we sat in it, and it was like you know, typical Ford, <laughs> right? Like it wasn't anything special no. when we sat in it, which and, is fine. And and to be fair, that car is technically five years old. Yes, um, but the exciting thing is they've now brought it to North America, yes, yes. and there's a new one coming. So hopefully this one sells well here and it probably will because uh, those those little pickup trucks are having kind of a resurgence. Yeah. And then they'll they'll just, you know, it won't even be a decision. They'll just bring the next Ford Ranger to yeah. North America. And then, you know what they say, the, the EcoBoost in the Ranger now is pretty quick in a straight line. Like yeah. it's surprisingly powerful well it's a lot of power you know in a little truck yeah. and you think about remember we drove one of the new tacomas yeah. with a v6 yeah. you know the top engine and it wasn't that fast, fast. yeah right? it was it's fun, fun. it was yeah. cool and it was a, it's it manual was a it was a manual too right yeah. yeah so that was fun but you know think about they do a four-cylinder in that that's you know even slower and you're kind of like oh <laughs> but but you know that the ranger apparently it's yeah pretty quick i mean it's the same engine that's in an EcoBoost mustang right those right. and those are pretty quick so um i like the way they're going with that uh i also hope that you know they do that whole ranger raptor thing and bring yeah. it to north america i think they're doing that no yeah but it's not coming it's to north america yet yeah hopefully okay. so hopefully what they do is make a ranger raptor yeah. this time around yeah. go oh wow yeah this is good and then for the next generation when yeah. they bring that over yeah. they'll go lots of people buy the ranger in north america so we'll also give them the ranger raptor because mm. i think that would be amazing think about such a little truck yeah but with a lot of power and all the same you know raptor mm-hmm. attributes that make that'd the, be really cool yeah for sure. 50 raptor yeah. so good yeah, even half of the F one fifty Raptor, right? Like, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, don't need that much power, but the capability in those things is amazing. Yeah, especially when you've got you know the the Chevys, yeah. the you've got the ZR two, right. and then now you've got companies. I can't remember what the company is called, but they make the the Bison version of it, um, and it's it's all what? really rugged. Yeah, so this company takes the the Chevy Colorado. The, yeah, the Colorado yeah. ZR two, right? Yeah. So already the diesel one. Um, not necessarily. Uh, 
Yeah, I think you can either it's yeah. either V six or uh, the diesel yeah. one. But you it take you basically you bring them a ZR two and then they beef it up even more for off roading okay. and, and stuff. And it's it's really You cool. know what? I have driven. I have driven the um, ZR two. Really? With the Duramax. Yeah. I did oh. this test drive event uh, last summer. Yeah. It's it's a fun truck. It, you know what? It's off, off-road terrain tires. You probably drove um, it on the road, right? I did. I did. Yeah. So, so I, I, you know what? That's different. <laughs> like, uh, off-roading, I'm sure it's uh, more than capable. So, like, in the market now, though, like, when you look at what's available, um, I know the Ranger's still not available. So, right now, it's literally the Tacoma, the, the GM Twins, and Nissan, right? Yeah, and that, frontier. the ancient frontier. Hey, let me let's. I'm not. I'm not being biased. I know it's literally from 2005. Cough, cough, cough. <laughs> um, it's a good value for what it is. It is cheap. They do sell it for cheap. And yep. if you need a work truck that yep. you want to beat on, and yep. you don't care what the interior is like, yep. it's a good deal. There's and, nothing wrong with that. And you know what? The one I would get would be the King Cab Pro 4X 4x4 with a manual. And mm. that you can still get. So, and see, the problem is that now, you know, you remember like a few years ago now yeah. when the bigger full size pickup trucks yeah. started getting popular, right? Yeah. And it no longer it was just people buying those trucks for them to be work trucks, right? Oh. So they started getting the leather yeah. and the technology and looking better. And you know, it now now you have all the soccer moms driving around in, in F one fifties, right? And that's kind of what's happening to these smaller pickup trucks. Right. So the Frontier is a great workout yeah. or sorry, work truck <laughs> that you can that you can beat on and right. it'll it'll take anything you throw at it. Right. But when the soccer mom goes and sits in it and sees you know the ancient stuff inside she's not going to want to buy it right and that's that's the thing and that's why you know ford's bringing their ranger to north america and stuff is because now that's that's the hot uh um that's the hot ticket item like that's that's what people are buying so yeah so i i think there's a lot to talk about in terms of trucks not just the mid the mid size trucks, but the full size ones. We'll do a truck episode. We sometime. should, yeah. Stay <laughs> tuned, guys. <laughs> Seriously, um, I'm gonna bring it. Last point for trucks, though. Yep. The new Wrangler truck. How do you feel? Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I think what Jeep has done yeah. is good Car- because they could have literally just cut the back off of the Wrangler and said, "Look, guys, it's a truck," and it would just be like, "What? Well, it's just." A- wrangler with a bed on it that's not really special Mm -hmm. so they've actually given some good uh, capability to it right it can tow more than the regular wrangler wrangler and it has a high payload and stuff and it's actually very competitive with the other competitors uh you know like the ranger and things like that and i think it's a unique entry in the segment (laughs) we'll see if it sells um you know they have a lot of success with their original wrangler right people buy those left right and center no matter what yeah so i'm curious to see if it sells because i don't know if buyers who want say a work truck would get that would care to get a wrangler and and, and here's the thing right like uh, pretty or not it's cool. That's freaking cool. If you see that thing with the doors off down the road in the summer, like, come it on, is. man. That's a that's cool. Right. But you know what? If I'm going out and I want to buy a Wrangler because I want to go off-road and I want a car that I can take the doors off of, 
I'm just buying a normal Wrangler. That's true. And you save yourself 10 grand. <laughs> I'll save the money, you know, and it and it looks nicer. I'll save the money. It probably handles a little better because it's not as long and, and wallowy. And, you know, that's kind of that. So as if it appeals to enough people and, and the capability should, it's, it's whether or not, you know, it's reliable and <laughs> yeah, stuff with yeah. the new diesel engine. Yeah. Um, you know, it could catch on, but... We'll see. I'm curious wait, to wait, see. Wait, is the diesel available in the Wrangler truck? Yeah. Really? Yep. Oh, that's that's a... It that's, changes the game, right? It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's cool. So we'll see. Like, but you still can't, can't get it in the regular Wrangler. I think soon, though. Okay. I think, it, if not already, soon. Okay. Uh, it, there, But there's like a hybrid in the normal Wrangler that yeah. you don't get in the, the pickup truck. The yeah. Gladiator. It's actually the oh, Jeep okay. Gladiator. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, so we'll see. I'm curious to see how it sells. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So that'll okay. be interesting. Stay tuned, I guess, right? Yeah. Okay, so that's basically the top highlights from Toronto, uh, from Detroit. Yeah, okay. I would say so. Uh, but for Toronto, which was a few weeks later, and yeah. actually it just it happened, like it's actually still going on as we record this podcast. There's still yeah. one more day left yeah. uh, tomorrow. Yeah. George got a press pass, (laughs) so he got to go in when there weren't stupid children running around, and uh, a lot of the cars were open, and you didn't have to wait in as long lines to sit in them. How was that, George? I just want to, okay, I just want to throw something out here beforehand. I'm going to talk about my experience there, but there's one story that I have to tell. So, guys, if you have a press pass, if you go there and help set up with the auto show, just because the cars are open doesn't mean you're allowed to sit in it. Hmm, how did you learn that, George? <laughs> so, as a big fan of Porsche, um, after helping set up with Nissan and with the booth and, and whatnot, I, um, I was going home and at the, the South Building was where the subway station was. And I was like, oh, maybe I'll just take a little detour, you know? And and, um, and and go check out, you know, the luxury brands. Which, Infinity is in that building. I had a valid reason to go. So I went. I met a guy on the way. He was one of the vendors. And we started chatting. We went to the same university. Anyways, I was like, hey, let's go sit in some cars. He's like, yeah, I'm down. And we started out with, with a vendor's F430 Ferrari. Oh I was, it's a little, it was, you know, those track cars, those like track days, like 200 bucks for lab. Yeah. It was those cars. So it was a little beat. It's a beat F430. It's like when we sat in the Lamborghini a few yes. years ago. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure it's from the same company, honestly. But yeah, I was sitting in a Lamborghini. We went to Infinity, sat in a couple Infinities. And I was like, ooh, Porsche. And then my eyes, as I'm Asian, but you can't see, it got so big for a second I saw the 992. I saw a 992. I was like, oh my goodness. Windows down, doors unlocked. I was like, all right. I'm sitting in the 992. So sit in, took a video, you know, like as I do. And then I think to myself, I was like, wait, isn't this a model year 20? Isn't this a 2020 model? So (laughs) anyways, I sit in, I play around and and I, I walk out. And um, buddy that I was with that I met um, took a story on his Instagram. 
And um, a few hours later, the guy messages on Instagram. He's like, hey, uh, Porsche just reached out to me. And um, they're not happy that someone sat in the Porsche in the 992. I was like, that's totally fair. Um, if I was Porsche, I would have been upset too. But... <laughs> Hey, the experience count. And you know what? To be fair, if you really didn't want anyone to sit in the 992, put a unlocked? sign on, lock the door. Why was it unlocked? Why was it unlocked? They're normally locked yeah. when you go, right? Porsche yeah. doesn't let you. They're snobby. So they don't let you sit in any of their yeah. cars at yeah. the auto shows. Yeah. But why it was unlocked, that's... We don't... I, I mean... You know what? Okay. It was before even press day. So, like, workers were moving around stuff. But if it, you were really that, like, you know... Partic- particular yeah. about it, lock it. Well, because you could have people walking around and sitting in things, right? Like yeah. it's. So I mean, I, I guess it's good because they're they're not really punishing you or anything. No, right? no, like no. You're just... And you know what? Like it, being fussy about it, that's cool. Like yeah. I, I totally understand. And I, you know what? I am sorry. <laughs> sorry, Porsche Canada. But yeah. um, regardless, beautiful vehicle. I. Like honestly, I'm jealous. I, did, <laughs> I didn't think they could make the nine nine one point two better, and they did in terms of design. We don't know. I don't really know how it drives. I honestly, I don't even know how the nine nine one point two drives. <laughs> but regardless, um, yeah, I mean it's a it's a nine eleven, right? So yeah. it's all incremental. Yes. It's all they've improved everything. Yeah, just a little bit. Yes, and. As a whole, it'll amount to a big change, sure. but everything is just a little bit better. Hey, this is, brings back to the super conversation. Bria Manuel. I know you well, but Bria Manuel. Yeah, yeah. They're the little, the new PDK little Yeah, shifter. I don't know if I like that. Doesn't that look weird now? Yeah. Like, at least it used to be like a big hefty knob yeah. that yeah. if you wanted to shift using the yeah. um, uh, the lever, you yeah. could, and, yeah. and it looked like it was purposeful. This one just looks like a little dinky... Like I don't even know. Like it looks like a <laughs> looks like I you know roll my windows up and down with it yeah. or something. It doesn't look like a, a shifter, but you know, I I if I was buying a nine eleven, it wouldn't be a PDK anyway. So yeah. I'm, I'm not too worried. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I I think they made leaps and bounds in the interior, and not that there no. was anything wrong no. with the nine nine one or nine nine one point two's interior. Yeah. But the new one is just like wow. It's. They they kind of follow the same design language. Well, when the pen, new Panamera came out, we're like, whoa! Remember yes. when we went to that Porsche dealership? Yes, and we sat in the Panamera, and it was like, whoa, this is really nice. Yes, and it's just, I think it's the new era of design, the screens and whatnot. But I think they found a, they found a good balance within the design language in all their cars. Even you know the new Cayenne, beautiful. Well, and I like what they did with uh, this new nine eleven. If you look inside. It looks like the structure of the dash yeah. is similar to the old ones. Yes. You know, the air-cooled yes. 911s of yore, the 993, yeah. Yeah. It it's kind of that same shape with the, you know, from the um, the gauge cluster and then it's kind of flat all the way to the side and now you've got screens in there. But it looks retro while still being the future with screens everywhere and it's is really cool the way they've kind of done that and porsche is really good at you know doing modern retro stuff but i think they did a really good job with it yeah no it i think um i want to bring this to a conversation we had in detroit i think um like in today's age 
um, especially design languages in cars. I think it's very important that not just bringing back a retro perspective into a car or spirit, it's having a, the car having a soul, right? Even just as a brand, um, there's a lot of diluted brands out there. I'm not going to call out any names, but I'm just, I'm just saying like, yeah, new designs, pretty drives nice, but having a soul is a different, like it's a different level of driving in cars. I might sound crazy, but, um, I think a lot of, I, I am going to call out the brands that are achieving that, um, Mazda, Jimba Itai, right? Like. All if you if you drive a CX three, you drive a CX five. Those are crossovers. Drive awesome, man. Like steering's heavy. You have great road feel. Um, plenty of power for what it is. Um, refined interior. You're. It's a good place where it's where like it's a good place to be when you're driving. Uh, you feel connected to the road. Like I said, Jimba Itai, man, horse is one. Yep. And I think, you know, back to Porsche, yeah. part of their soul and part of their yes. brand identity is about their heritage, right? Right. The 911 has been around for over 50 years now. And so that's kind of the cool stuff, you know, that they can put in the cars, right? They can yeah. make the dash look like an old 993 air-cooled Porsche. And, you know, people buy Porsches because, you know, of all the races that they've won, mm-hmm. uh, in their probably about hundred year history, I think Mm -hmm. they've won so many races and, and that's why a lot of people know their name and that's part of their soul and part of their identity. Right. And, uh, I think they've, they've hit the nail on the head with the, uh, the nine 11, the nine, nine two. But I just, I remember I was in the uh, Toronto auto show, right. And you see something like the Supra and you see it from far away and you're like, Oh man, that is the Supra. I'm going over there and I'm looking at Mm. it. And I remember I saw the Porsche sign and I was like, oh, I got to go to Porsche. And I was walking by and passed by a Cayman and stuff. And it's like, oh, wow, you know, that's nice. And then I was just kind of walking by this car and I looked over and I was like, oh, right. Okay. There's the 992 because it looks just like the old one. And, it, you right. know, right. Like it's not anything really significant on the outside. Right. It's actually very similar to the last one. But if you look from the front, we say yeah. that every time too, yeah. right? Oh, especially the front. The front is... It, it looks identical, yeah. right? Unless you know what you're, what you're for. looking for, you, you're going to mix up the two because yeah. they're so similar looking. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. No, I really like the look of the yeah. uh, the 991, especially the 991.2. I think it looks yeah. really sharp. Uh, and the nine the 911 is just a classic look. So, right. you know, you don't mess with it. and Stick with what great. you know, you know? Yep. Yep, and it's not yeah. like people won't buy these things even if they look the same. You know, everyone's yeah. gonna scramble and buy that new car, and yeah. and rightfully so. Nine Elevens are great cars, but the innovation's still in there, though, right? For yeah, the, for that generation. So. Yep. That's good. Um, one thing that I'm, you know, a little bit upset about that they've started doing, and this is just really nitpicky, but I actually find it weird that they do this because Porsche really likes to have little changes between their models, but they've done stuff like. Um, now every single one, every single model has the wide body, not just mm, the force, force yeah. not just the all-wheel drive. Models. And I know this, you're going to say this, but I'm going to cut you off. The lights. Yep. What's up with the connected lights, man? Yeah, they've now got the light bar on all of the models and not just the all-wheel drive models. Yeah. And it's like, 
I mean, but that's one of the cool Part. sort of really yeah. little things yeah. about Porsches that's like, if you know, you know. And they like doing that kind of stuff. So to me, it's kind of weird that they would, those little defining characteristics that would just be a little bit different between each model, because, you know, they're going to have 18 different mm-hmm. 911s to choose from eventually. Mm-hmm. Why would they just kind of give them to everything? It, it's almost like diluting everything because now all of the 911s are going to have that light bar and the light bar looks really good i oh, do like the way yeah, it, looks, it does yeah but it was just cool to be able to see it and be like yeah you know what there's an all-wheel drive one because you can you know get it debadged from the factory you don't have to have a four on it anywhere but you know it, it was just kind of one of those neat little almost easter eggs that was in there and if you knew you knew but now it's just going to be in all of them and I mean, the wide body is, is really nice looking, but same kind of thing. It's like, you know, you, you can't distinguish now between a four and a two wheel drive model. So mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting because Porsche really likes to do those little things, but yeah. maybe it's just me. Times are changing. No, I agree with you. Like I, you know what, just not just Porsche, but like little things matter in cars. It really does. Like details. Um, yeah. To the average consumer. If you're just looking for, you know, a commuter, probably you can't really tell the difference. But if it's something that you're passionate about, like, just like as far as design goes, like if you go in and press a button in a luxury car, you know, you know what effort they put into, right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to call any names, but <laughs> um, there are a lot of brands when you when you go in um, a certain luxury brand that shares the same um uh blinker uh control as the dodge caravan um and other chrysler vehicles oh whoa whoa you, <laughs> you heard nothing <laughs> yeah yeah i i know it's a cost thing i understand that i know uh, but little things matter to me to a lot of car people i think yeah but I guess, you know, you think about the average person who's going to go out there and buy a Porsche 911, the, uh, the you know, not quite uh, ready to retire, but decently old business executive yeah. wants a nice car that still comfortable to, to commute in or to do a bit of a road trip in, fit some golf clubs in, you know, they're not going to care. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a 911 all the same. They're... They're, they're going to get the four-wheel drive model because, you know, four-wheel drive, wet conditions, whatever, and they're, they're going to drive away, and they're going to be really happy. And you know what? Fair enough. It's a really great car. I'll be really happy to us in that car. Seriously. <laughs> at, at the end of the day, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. what? I don't really care if my car has a light bar and it's two-wheel drive because at the end of the day, it's still a 911, and yeah. it's still an amazing car. So Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, I'd, the 911 looks to be really great i've seen a couple of review videos okay uh for the i think it's the 4s that okay. they've been allowed to drive that's what i said yeah and it's it's supposed to be drive really good right and it's not that much faster than the old model it's just incrementally right right just a little bit and right. everything's just a little bit better right and that's what i can tell from all the videos well i'm excited to see the 992 gt2 rs <laughs> yeah yeah gt2 yeah. rs i'm yeah. sure it's down the yeah. road but yeah. did you see those uh spy photos of the no. turbo no yeah so they've seen there are pictures now of possibly uh the 911 
992 Turbo uh, version that they're testing right now that wow. could come out soon. And I'm trying to remember the order that everything came out for the 991. And I think, so you started with like, you know, you'll have the Carrera S and the Carrera 4S. Obviously, they're going to have a Carrera pretty soon. Then I think they do the Cabriolets next. Okay. And then probably the Turbos will come out. And then the Targa. Yeah. They might. Well, might so I think do they'll it. do the Turbos and then they'll do a little bit later, later the Turbo um, Cabriolets. Yeah. And then probably the Targas. And then once the Targas are out, they'll probably do the GTS models. Yeah. And then after... Maybe a T. Maybe another... Oh, hold up. The GT3 is coming out before GTS is probably. Somewhere in there, there's going to be a GT3 model and then a GT3 RS down the road. Uh, And, you know, by the time we have a GT3 RS, they're probably going to, you know, do a (laughs) 992.2 and start it all over again. And then they'll have, you know, the T and and other special editions. The 991.2 T is awesome. I think, honestly, if I was in the market at that point to buy a car, like, that's the perfect, it's a perfect balance for what it is. You're getting a bargain for, you know. For someone like me, yeah. I mean, unless I would, unless I had the money for a GT3 right. with right. the touring package, right. I would get a 911 Carrera T. You right. know, you don't need any more car than that. Right. Apparently, you know, these new new turbo engines with yeah. torque down low and things yeah. like that, the base Carrera engine it's is mi- supposed to be great. Yeah. And so you've got that engine, but you've just got a little bit of a more sporty package. Right. And it's it's a little more special yeah. too, yeah. right? So now you don't have the same car as all those business executives yeah. who don't care about driving. Right. And I think that's that's all you need and that's yeah. special. And probably down the road, yeah. the T will actually be worth some money. Right. Because it's a special. It's kind of like the Boss right? 302, right? Remember when it came out, it was 30 grand. Yeah. Now it's like 60. Yeah. Right? Yeah, the um, what was it like? Oh nine, no, Oscar, or was it like eleven? It was more like eleven. Yeah, two thousand eleven, two thousand twelve. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's a cool car, man. Oh, like, I would love that car. Yeah. That that's a really cool uh, Mustang. But yeah. yeah, it's it's one of those you know special editions. Now the T is not nearly as different from the regular nine eleven yeah. as the the Boss was from a normal Mustang. But yeah, I think that one will carry a certain sort of cachet over the years. And uh, could resell for you know some pretty high values down the road. Yeah, um, yeah, and then there's uh, obviously there's more. There's actually like a lot of special editions out there, right? The new Miata, thirtieth, the orange one. Oh, the limited. Yeah. That's nice, man. I love that orange. The color. Volk wheels. Yeah. yeah. So you know if you have black rims yeah. with yeah. orange car yeah, yeah, yeah. and i mean i've seen this before they they'll sell you an f-type with that's orange with black rims and that's always been my favorite combo on the f-type mm-hmm. and now it's my new favorite combo <laughs> on the miata and and you're getting a good deal on that car like yeah. those wheels alone like they're expensive man yeah well and special edition miatas yeah. you know if yeah. we know anything yeah. about special yeah. edition miatas yeah. they are now really highly sought so uh definitely you know, down the road, that one will be worth something, and and it just be it'll be a little bit more unique and and make it really really cool to own. Yeah. I if I was if I had any sort of money to my name, it would be saving up and going for a Miata special edition in that orange because I love that orange color. Yes, and it, you you better hold off. Maybe the nine nine six will drop in price now. 
Oh yikes! Yeah, I'm ho- no, I'm honestly hoping. Like, yeah, if it, I don't think it's gonna happen, but it goes under the twenty thousand mark. That's Ooh. gonna be a game changer. Yeah, for yeah. a lot of a lot of car guys, I think. Yeah, yeah, you'll be picking me up in a nine nine six someday, huh? Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we wrap things up, uh, we're getting a little bit long here now. What were some of the other really good cars? Like, what were notable cars mm. that you sat in or saw at the? I wanna, I wanna um, call out Audi. Yeah. Very good job, guys. Well done with the interiors. Like, I remember three years ago going to the auto show. I, I, I told you, I was like, oh yep. my god, this interior is hideous. We went, we sat in Mercedes, yeah. we sat in BMW, yes. and we sat in Audi. Yeah. And we were, we noticed that the Audi interiors to us were yeah. significantly Complete. less yeah. nice and well thought out yeah. and luxurious feeling as yeah. the other two. Yeah. And guys, the A8L. I was impressed. They, they had that little controller in the back seat, right? So it was a little touch screen you can pop out. You can change all the lights. I'm okay. I'm just a kid here, but it's well done. Like honestly, the fit and finish, um, the design language is clean. It's sleek. It's comfortable. And it doesn't feel elegant, like yeah. you're sitting in a Volkswagen no. that they've put some extra Correct. leather in. Yes, it's, right. Yeah. They they've really upped their game, and it's it's really noticeable in things like the A8 and the the Q8. Q8. You don't like the Q8, though. No, I think it's ugly. I think all hey. the, there's too much gloss black on the front. But I think it's like a baby Lamborghini SUV. I mean, yeah. What are you gonna buy the Q8 for? Like, just buy a Q7, which I <laughs> also think is kind of ugly because it's kind of chunky. But just buy a Q7. <laughs> We have our, we all, all have our own cup of tea, I guess. Pretty right? much, pretty yeah. much. Uh, we did see, we got to see the new Mazda three. Oh yes, that's a really nice I'm, car. I, I think that needs a special episode. No, we'll maybe, see. maybe Down after we drive it, we yeah. gotta go drive it. Yeah. Um. There's there's a launch event uh, at a dealership near us that yeah. we might go to uh, in a couple of weeks, and and they they're gonna let you drive the new Mazda three. So hopefully they have one in a manual yes. there for us to try. If not manual and automatic, all wheel drive. I would like to try the all wheel drive. I well. don't know if all wheel drive is uh, out yet. Oh really? We'll see. I think it is. I'm not sure what they're launching with here, but we'll okay. have to see. Okay. Yeah, it'll be brand new. So I mean, maybe they'll have a bunch of. Hopefully, they'll have a bunch of different ones. And uh, just to sum it up for the Mazda 3, though, it is as pretty as it looks. And the, it's even better in person, I think. Yeah, there are. I remember seeing pictures of it, and there are certain angles of the yeah. hatchback where that yes. big C pillar at the yeah. back looks really big. No, it doesn't. But not, not in, in person, person? No. No. You're, you, it's a beautiful car. Yeah. Can't go Period. wrong. Yeah. yeah. And the interior is just as beautiful as the exterior. Yeah. You sit in. You feel like you're in a refined car. And guys, this is a Honda Civic competitor. Just, yeah. just, and yeah, Sentra and, you know. <laughs> yep. yep. Exactly. I'm just saying. So, you know, the new Civic's supposed to be good, but you sit in a Civic and then you sit in this Mazda 3 no. and it's just. Night and day. It's, it's a world of difference, yeah. right? Yeah. It, I, we were very impressed by that yeah. new Mazda 3 and, you know, we really hope that, uh, Mazda's new Skyactive X engine yes. uh, is a success as well. Because yeah. that's sort of, you I'm a, know... I've been excited for years for that engine. So. Yeah, that's really cool yeah. from a, an engineering and science standpoint. And the fact that, you know, scrappy little Mazda pulled it off before anybody else 
to do compression ignition in a gasoline engine. Mm-hmm. I really wish those were ready so we could drive those next week. I think that's going to be a couple of years to, to you know, mass produced. And we'll I'm, see. I'm sure. Yeah, I think I know they've been testing it yeah. for a while. So yeah. hopefully that's a, you know, next like 20, I guess it's a 2020 model, is it? Or is it a 2019? The new one. The new one? Yeah. It's a 2019. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully then 2020, 2020 models, hopefully you can get the Sky to Yeah. Yeah. That's really what I hope for. And, and that manual with that all-wheel drive. Okay, so perfect Mazda yeah. 3. Sky Active X, yes. manual, yes. all-wheel drive, yes. hatchback. Yes, I agree. In that, that, in that new color. In that new color. Oh. Yes. Yes, please. <laughs> that would be amazing. That would be like one of the most perfect cars you could buy on sale today. Just yes. such a beautiful combo. Yeah. All-wheel drive and manual is such a scarce thing. <laughs> and and especially a hatchback, even more so. Yeah. Oh, man. Massa just does it right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I think that wraps up our uh, episode for, yeah. uh, for today. Um, I, I just want to say that I think both of us would recommend either Auto Show to anybody yeah, out there. absolutely. They offer different experiences. So if you can make it out to both, if you're really into that stuff, then definitely do so. If you've never been before, um, definitely a great experience. It's it's nothing. There's nothing like it, right? Because I, I think a lot of people get intimidated going to uh, showrooms and sitting in cars. This, yeah. It gives you an opportunity but to But like people bring their kids to these things, right? Like yeah. it's, not, it's not an intimidating corporate environment. You don't yeah. need to know what's going on if you want to go and you're shopping for a new car yeah the best thing to do is go to an auto show because yeah. they've got all the different brands all the different models there you can go you can go sit in one and then if down the hall there'll be a, the other brand that you're considering and you just go and sit in that car and if you have questions they've got representatives there they'll hand you out brochures it's really really good if you're in the market for a car uh, I really would recommend it if even if you're sort of casually looking because it can really make a difference going and just sitting in a car and then going right over to the next one and sitting in that car mm-hmm. and really getting a feel for the differences between them. And they actually something some uh, brands, they even had test drives going on for I think they were uh, EVs, the electric vehicles. Yes. They had some test at drives going Auto on show. at the yeah. Toronto Auto Show. If you're interested in what an electric car feels like to drive you could just show up and try one out it's it's a really cool experience and i would recommend it to anyone who has a passing interest in cars or needs to buy a new one in the future yeah, absolutely and i want to encourage everyone to follow we we have an instagram account now. that's right yes. so, so it's religion.car that's right. So come on and give us a follow. We'll start posting some cool content. Yeah. And um, you can get you guys can DM us uh, with any future contents. Um, oh, yeah. If you guys have yeah. questions yeah. that you want us yeah. to talk about or cars specifically, different things uh, in future episodes, you just, yeah. just hit us up and let us know. That would yeah. be amazing. You know, we can sit here and talk about stuff all we want. <laughs> but, you know, if you guys are telling us what you want to hear, we'll talk about it. We, we will, definitely. We love it. So. We'll give our opinion for sure. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Thank you guys for listening. Remember, follow car.religion. Car.religion. Instagram. Hit us up with those likes. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks. <laughs>